Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Well, you know, here I am in Las Vegas. My big event is in less than a week, and yet my hometown of Asheville, North Carolina, has made the national and perhaps international weird news. And that's because of a story reported by my friends there at News 13 WLOS about a vampire facial. And uh, they have this rather gruesome picture <laughs> of a guy lying down in a, uh, a medical chair. And he has blood just smeared all over his face. Here is what the story says. A new medical procedure dubbed the vampire facial is gaining popularity after celebrities like Kim Kardashian tried it. In Asheville, the vampire facial is available at Biltmore, I guess, Restorative Medicine, and doctors there said more and more people are being bitten by the trend. In folklore, vampires live forever by feeding on other people's blood, but in reality, you can use your own blood for more youthful skin. Quote, we take someone's own blood, we process it, and then we use their own platelets and infuse it back into their skin. End quote. That's by Dr. George Ibrahim. Doctors and staff there said the procedure is not dangerous. First, they draw blood from a person's arm and put it into a machine called a centrifuge. The centrifuge separates the platelet-poor plasma the platelet-rich plasma, and the buffy coat. Don't know what that is. Once it's all separated, they put a numbing cream on your face and begin the micro-needling. They say it's like aerating the lawn, and then we put the fertilizer on after. That helps the skin absorb the platelets. says we're tricking the skin into thinking you have done damage, and it helps to repair areas that have wrinkles and little fine lines. Uh, The blood is left on for a few hours, and the deed is done. Turns out the cost of eternal youth isn't cheap. They say it's going to be about $800, but the medical professionals have assured everyone that it's well worth the money. I'm typing in the name Elizabeth Bathory right now. (laughs) Because it just occurred to me, she was right, apparently. You know, Elizabeth Bathory was this Hungarian noblewoman who was born in 1560, and she was eventually prosecuted because she was responsible for having hundreds, maybe thousands of young women, often virgins, brought to her castle where they would be drained of blood and, in many cases, outright murdered so that she could bathe in their blood. And she was doing this because she believed that it would give her some kind of eternal youth. Um, I need to go back and read a little bit more about her. Um, A lot of people compare her to Vlad the Impaler because of that fascination with blood. And, uh, of course... Vlad was in Romania, which is right next door to Hungary. So, 
You know, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Is is there something truly miraculous about blood that goes beyond what we can currently imagine in the novel and many of the subsequent movies, Dracula? You know, you have the character of Renfield, who's always maniacally rambling on, the blood is the life, the blood is the life, the blood is the life. And obviously... You know, if you lose enough blood, you're going to die. Uh, That's what has happened to many people throughout history. Medical professionals hundreds of years ago believed that if you had some kind of an illness, then they needed to drain some of your blood. They called it bloodletting, and they would just make some cuts on your arms and drain your blood, and a lot of people died just because of that. Uh, It shows you how differently we think about medicine today in some ways. But there's still something fundamental that goes back all the way thousands of years when it comes to the idea of blood having some type of almost mystical power. In fact, here's something that's always fascinated me. In the book of Genesis in the Bible, the first murder, of course, is when Cain kills his brother Abel. And Cain does this because he's jealous, because Cain gave a sacrifice of vegetables, basically, of plants, and uh, Abel gave the Lord a sacrifice of, uh, of animals, and God liked the animals, didn't care for the plants. And so that made Cain angry, and he killed his brother. Well, the book of Genesis says... After this incident occurred, the Lord appeared to Cain, or he he spoke to Cain at least. doesn't say he appeared. says, I'm just going to read this verbatim. The Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And at this point, Cain is kind of sarcastic, and he, he gives this famous response where he says, I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? And then God says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now, what an interesting thought. He doesn't say, the spirit of Abel is speaking to me from the beyond, or he has appeared here in heaven, or whatever. No, he says his blood is crying to me from the ground. Uh, Almost just like that the blood is actually Abel. That Abel's not a head and a torso and two arms and two legs and all that, but that Abel is actually whatever the microscopic energy is contained within the blood, and we know that we have the DNA in the blood, he he refers to the person as being the blood. Now, again, I'm not saying that I believe all this is literally true. I just thought it was very interesting to think of that when I first read it. And this next line is interesting for an even more elaborate reason, perhaps. After that... God said to Cain, Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. 
And then God explains, when you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. So you will now be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. Okay. So here's why that's interesting to me, because God is saying, well, because you have spilled this other person's blood on the ground, this ground is now cursed or this, this ground is cursing you. Does that remind you of a haunted location a little bit where, you know, someone goes through this violent traumatic transition where their spirit leaves their body, their blood is spilt on the ground and somehow the blood being on the ground changes the personality of the location so that when you go there under certain circumstances, you might actually be able to experience the the voice crying from the ground, so to speak. I'll be honest with you. I just got goosebumps thinking about that because every time I I think of my experiences going to haunted places and how sometimes, you know, your hair just stands up on the back of your neck and you feel like that place is alive in some way, or at very least it's captured an energy that it can replay that seems living. Um, and then you, you really think of some of the horrible things that may have happened. If you're at one of these spots where there's been a mass murder or, or just one person's been murdered, but it was a very traumatic incident. Uh, all those things seem to possibly connect at some level. So again, whether or not you, you believe the way that's portrayed in the Bible, um, maybe there is a point that's being made there uh, about how people have always viewed the idea of blood and how blood being spilled on the ground creating some kind of a, a haunting. Now, of course, in this new procedure, it's a little different than than that situation or, or anything compared to Elizabeth Bathory because they're just taking your own blood and putting it back into your body but still uh, you can you can obviously see the comparison it's pretty weird it's pretty weird I'm gonna I'm gonna do more research on this and, and look more into it but yeah they're calling it the vampire blood facial um there's no way you're going to find me doing that. There, I'm, I'm never going to pay $800 and have blood taken from anybody or anything and smear it into little holes on my face. That's not for me. Um, I've never drank blood. I have eaten a lot of weird things in my travels around the world, and uh, but I've never drank blood. I have, however, I have drank quite a few Budweiser beers. Which brings me to a very interesting connection here, a segue. Um, I was talking about people bloodletting. Well, they believe that when George Washington died, it wasn't just because he got a bad cold or he got pneumonia. It was because that his doctors came in when they found him in this weakened state and they decided to drain some of his blood because they thought that would get the bad blood out. And they drained too much of his blood, and then he died. Now, what has that got to do with Budweiser beer, you may ask? Well, to show you what a master broadcaster I am, to tie all these things in together, 
Did you know that Budweiser has now released a special limited edition beer that is based on a handwritten beer recipe that they discovered in one of George Washington's diaries? And uh, it's called Freedom Freedom Reserve. Freedom Reserve. And um, I'm looking at the article about it here. It says... Um, Budweiser has revealed its newest edition, uh, a Freedom Reserve Red Lager, inspired by a recipe handwritten by First President George Washington. Um, now, you know, being from Asheville, North Carolina, they call that Beer City. So I'm always trying out new beers. I'm, I don't sit down and drink a ton of beer. I really don't. But I do enjoy trying out new beer. So here is the recipe that they found that George Washington wrote. Uh, they say he, again, hand-penned this in his military journal in 1757 or thereabouts. Uh, it was titled, To Make Small Beer. And here is the quote of his recipe. He says, Take a large sifter full of bran hops to your taste. Boil these three hours. Then strain out 30 gallons into a cooler. Put in three gallons molasses while the beer is scalding hot. Or rather, drain the molasses into the cooler. Strain the beer on it while boiling hot. Let this stand till it is a little more than blood warm. That's an eerie reference, isn't it? It says, then put in a quart of yeast if the weather is very cold and cover it over with a blanket let it work in the cooler 24 hours and then put it into the cask leave the bung open till it is almost done working bottle it that day week it was brewed so they say that is according to the new york public library where his george washington's papers are archived So this limited edition beer is being brewed by some of Budweiser's own veterans whose signatures will be displayed prominently on each of the vintage stubby bottles and one pint cans and a portion of the proceeds will go toward Folds of Honor, which is a non-profit providing educational scholarships to military families. Now, I've always been a big George Washington fan. And uh, in fact... George Washington was the only president of the United States who was voted in unanimously. And I believe we can all rest assured that will never, ever happen again. So uh, he really did uh, save us against all odds from the British um, imperialism. And look, we can sit here and debate history, but... I do, I admire George Washington, and I read this, and I was like, I gotta get one of these George Washington beers. And sometimes it's hard to find stuff like this. I mean, if I had been in Puerto Rico, I could forget it. There's no way. I could hardly even find a Budweiser in Puerto Rico. It's like they're being shut out there. In Asheville, it would be a little more likely, but still take some digging. But here in Vegas... Well, the world is at your disposal. The world is at your feet. And I knew I would be able to find it pretty quickly here in Vegas. And sure enough, 
I went to a place that's basically called Total Wine and More, uh, right here off the Strip, and they had a big old display. And so I bought my own six-pack of this Budweiser Freedom Reserve, and uh, I let it chill for several hours. I don't usually drink beer before I do a podcast because I don't want to burp. So I just took a few sips of it. And again, this is a red lager. And the first thing that strikes me is, sure enough, it's got that molasses flavor. It's really kind of a sweet, kind of tasty beer. And so um, it's it's not at all like, you know, bitter or, or hoppy. It's a pretty good beer. And, uh, and it, again, it comes in one of these, as they were saying, kind of small, dark bottles here. I see the signature on the front of the two... Uh, veterans who brewed it and so if you're into beer at all go check this one out because it's really interesting to think that this was as close as they could get to what george washington was drinking uh, back in his day and he he drank a lot he even distilled whiskey at his uh, estate there at mount vernon and um i i really believe that uh this would have been a treat in the 1700s on the campaign to stop and have a little of this so pretty cool figured i'd just point that out since it's a little novelty here something i did today speaking of vegas for those of you who are going to be attending the event okay i don't want to bore those of you who are not but i just want to point this out for those who will be here for my big event which is coming up again it's our first night is may 16th that's when we have our big mixer and uh again you don't want to eat before you come okay there's every type of food you can imagine an unlimited bar of premium liquors a chocolate fountain i mean there's veggie stuff there's sodas i mean it's it's going to be a spread like you wouldn't believe when we have our opening night party but the next day uh after we we start our our program um, which doesn't even begin till 1 p.m. the next day, and hopefully everybody's not hungover. Uh, af- after the program ends, then everybody's going to have the evening to go out and do whatever they want in Las Vegas. But there is a large portion, about half of the people uh, from our group, that want to go to Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum. And you've probably heard me talk about this before. It is mind-boggling. It, this is not like some kind of fun house where people are jumping out trying to scare you. No, this is a bona fide collection of macabre and ghoulish and very rare things that Zach has collected from all over the world and put into this historic haunted mansion in downtown Vegas. And uh, I understand why it's not for everybody, because if you do go do this, you're going to be around some very creepy objects, and you have to sign a waiver in order to go into the museum and experience this guided, like, hour-and-a-half tour. Um, So to get there from the hotel, the Excalibur, uh, takes around 15 to 20 minutes, depending on traffic. And so I'm making a special arrangement for those who want to go to Zach's museum. And so I'm just giving you the latest on that arrangement. I'm going to be sending you an email here in about an hour also. Um, Basically, 
I've got a bus arranged for you. Now, again, I'm not providing anything, but I'm just helping. I just helped to put this together. I've got a bus there that's going to pick you up at 7 o'clock on the 16th, 7 p.m. And when you pile onto that bus, that bus will take you to the museum, and then you'll take the tour, and then it'll bring you down the strip on your way back. So you'll have a really cool experience. How this is going to work is tonight I'm going to email all of you who are going to take this experience and uh, I'll send you a link where you're, you're going to pay $25 per person that goes toward the transportation fee. And uh, then when you get to the museum, then one by one you will individually go, have to go up, sign a waiver, and then buy your ticket. And that ticket will cost $44. So it's a heck of a deal, but I will be emailing you that information here very shortly. Um, and in fact, I'm going to be sending an email to everybody who's going to be here at the event because uh, it's going to be here in no time now. Hard to believe, hard to believe. But I'm really enjoying being here in the Vegas area, and I make a habit out of going to these different restaurants and casinos and bars and striking up a conversation with the employees and asking them to tell me some kind of crazy, whacked-out story. And, you know, I've been sharing some of these with you from time to time. I told you about a lady I was talking to the other day who was a bartender who said there was a woman screaming outside her, her restaurant, and it turns out the woman had only won $27. Well, listen to this story. I talked to another bartender, and he works in a different area of that same casino and he said his most amazing story was that at the time and this was several years ago that he was working at one of these bars that had the video poker machines uh, inserted into the bar right and so usually when you go to bars like that the policy is if you're going to sit and gamble, they'll give you a drink for free. But if you're not going to gamble, then you have to pay for it. And at that particular bar, at that particular time, in order to um, to get a free drink, you had to bet a minimum of 75 cents. So this guy, who's already about half lit, goes stumbling up to the bar expecting a free drink and they explained to him no you got to gamble and the guy goes ah shit how much he said 75 cents is the minimum and he says i don't have 75 cents and so another dude another patron sitting there at the bar he says here you go buddy and gives the guy 75 cents and so the guy sits down puts his 75 cents in hits the button just so he can get his free beer and wins $1.3 million. Now, all of us at the bar who are hearing this story go, what? Are you sure? This? He goes, listen, I was there. He says, I saw this with my own eyes. He said, this kind of thing happens in this town all the time. Okay. And you just never know when it's going to hit. I had a very similar experience because I went to a bar and I was going to do the same thing. I just wanted to get a free drink and I put a quarter in and bet one quarter total on one line of a machine. 
and won over $500, just like out of the blue, when I wasn't even expecting it. I even have posted pictures uh, of that. Um, anything can happen in this town. And so I'll keep telling you interesting stories like that, which I come across from time to time. Um, one last thing I want to leave you with here for this particular podcast is that, um, you know, I, I told you that Lauren and I had to, well, we, we sold our RV cause we just don't need it anymore. It wasn't for us. And, um, we love, absolutely love our Toyota 4Runner. It's an SR5 four-wheel drive V8. And this thing is spick and span. It's got a sunroof. It's got the complete towing package. I mean, it's in excellent condition. But we don't need it anymore because that we used it to pull our RV, our travel trailer. So now that the travel trailer is gone, we don't need a, a V8 with a towing package and four-wheel drive and all that stuff. So we just put it up for sale. And if you are interested, it is located in Asheville, North Carolina. And just go to my Facebook page or go to my Twitter account and you will find a link to it. And it's easy to find me on Twitter. If you just go to joshuapwarren.com, there's no period after the P. Go to joshuapwarren.com, scroll down, you'll find a link to my Twitter feed, and that'll give you links to all these things I talk about. I hope that you'll also follow me on Twitter, at joshuapwarren, and that way I can keep you notified when these new podcasts are posted there are also other ways you can subscribe to this podcast if you just go to joshuapwarren.com and hit the link there. Um, who knows the things that I will be telling you about over the coming days? Again, bear with me. Uh, I, it's, I am so busy, as they say, getting ready for this event. It's all asses and elbows here in Vegas. But what's new? And so it's kind of crazy. It's sporadic uh, when I'll be leaving these podcasts for you. But I will continue to do my very best. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. It's always short. It's always free. And um, <laughs> you just have no idea the things that I will be telling you about very shortly. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sure. I'll be keeping lots of notes so I can remember all of it. For those of you who are going to be joining me in less than a week for my life-altering experience here in Las Vegas... You are going to be so excited. You are not going to be disappointed. I'm going to blow your mind. This is the biggest event I have ever produced. And uh, get ready for the time of your life. So that's it for now. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.